Hello all, this is the BB&J podcast, a brief overview of this week in web design. This is your host, John Lint, lead programmer of BB Digital Lab. Uh, today we're talking about getting yourself out there to uh, prospective clients and employers. In this modern day and age, everything is a lot more remote and people aren't able to physically visit each other uh, in anywhere close to the same way that they used to. So a lot of people, especially students who traditionally get a lot of their connections from things like job fairs or just on-campus work, um, might be having difficulty right now finding those connections. And I mean, even if you aren't in school, you know, mixers and socials and community gatherings and events, um, major major events like uh, MDMC, for example, which is the uh, Midwest Digital Marketing Conference, all of these things are being canceled right now. And, you know, who knows what the future holds. So in we adapting and finding a new way to stay competitive and stay engaged, getting out there in front of potential clients and employers is vitally important. So that's what we're talking about today. Um, first of all, the most basic thing, when somebody looks you up, are they gonna look you up on Google? Probably, but you know what they're all, they're 100% gonna look you up on? And like most employers I know, either they, like 95% of them, this is the first thing they do. 5% of them, they make a rule of not doing it. But um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't chance those odds hoping that you can post whatever you want on social media. Now, I've heard this a million times. I'm sure you guys have heard this a million times. If you're going out and partying, don't post it on Facebook, um, especially if your profile's public. Here's something you might not know. Be careful with a private profile. I know a few people who have all their social media as private. That is concerning for employers. That it, it, it's kind of like um, the, the, the mystery or what, like it makes them think, okay, well, what are you not showing me? What are you not telling me? Why can't they'll be thinking, cause I mean, I'll, I'll be thinking, it, it, it's just the impression that's made. When you have all your social media set to private, why don't they trust what's on their social media to be visible to the general public. Now, you may be posting normal mundane things and just value your privacy, but um, it's 2020, online isn't, isn't exactly private. Um, and if you are looking for privacy online, I would not say Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or even TikTok is the place to go. Assume that people will find your content. Assume that people, that it'll all get back to you. Um, there's, there's plenty of places you can go and, and post, you know, your, your fun content uh, with your friends. But Facebook is not the place. Facebook, above all, if you're, if you're posting, there's a difference between unprofessional and, um, or, casual and unprofessional content. So I post a lot of uh, food and plant care. I mean, as you can see, I have quite a few plants um, 
And I, I do post on that on Facebook, on Instagram. And I mean, that's perfectly fine because when clients and uh, potential employers look at your social media, they also want to see a human being. They want to, they want to know, okay, this is a normal person. This is, um, someone that I might enjoy working with. Oh, Hey, this, you know, they might even find a connection. Oh, Hey, this person has a, a dog that they care about and they run with. Well, I like running with my dog too. Well, that's cool. Um, or, Oh, Hey, this person has plants. I have plants too. People will find those connections and it'll help them trust you. Um, not sure who said it first, but I'll, I'll, I'll say it again. At the end of the day, people would much rather sell to a friend. People would much rather work with a friend. People would much rather hire a friend, someone they can trust. Um, I know there's this, there's this kind of metric that, that you look at um, with public officials, especially, and, and presidents more than anything. There's uh, the beer test and the puppy test. The first is, would you have a beer with someone? Would you have a beer with this candidate? So like, is this someone that you feel like um, is sociable and friendly enough that you could hang out with them? The second test is the puppy test. Would you trust them with your newborn puppy? If not, then that's a problem because you want someone that you can trust with your most precious thing, <laughs> you know, because if you can't trust them with a puppy, how can you trust them with a the country? Um, if you have someone who you can trust with the puppy, but you don't have a beer with, uh, maybe they have good policy or you agree with the policy, but it's, you don't necessarily enjoy them as a person. You don't enjoy necessarily like seeing them on given, given, giving speeches. Um, but there's no necessarily need for politics in in this. And I'm more of a strategy guy anyways. So I try to avoid ethics of it. Um, getting off topic. So, but as I, I mean, that rule still applies. People want to be able to trust you with their, with their newborn puppy or their, their company. Um, especially with social media, that's where their clients are seeing their face and they, they need that trust built just as much as you need that trust built. Uh, for your clients and your employers. So making sure that your social media is uh, curated for that and that, I mean, 80% of your content should be personal, um, but personal is not the same thing as unprofessional, as I said. Going to a winery is one thing, you know, videoing yourself, uh, doing shotguns at the party uh, at a party in the week last weekend is another. Um, and just be mindful, like watching, looking at your content. Is that someone you'd want to work with more than anything? I, I know, um, in a lot of examples, 99% of the time they talk about alcohol just because like, that's a very common thing that people post and alcohol lowers inhibitions. So you tend to do kind of stupid stuff when you're under the effects of it. Um, but I mean, that is, that is like the, the biggest thing that, that gets people. 
I, I mean, I know people who there's been times where, you know, things looked good. They're ready to close the deal with the client, but, um, client looked them up on social media, didn't like what they saw. That was it. Um, I mean, I'll admit my track record hasn't been the best. Not that I've been posting on professional content. I just haven't been posting for a very long time. Um, and employers do like to see that. So, but I mean, I can attest it's never too late to start. I realized I was behind and I realized that I needed to start posting. So I started posting and now I, I get engagement and would it have been better if I had started at as a teen yeah but it's better that i started and that's the same for for you if you have unprofessional content just clean clean slate get rid of as much of it as you can scrub it scrub the tag pictures all that as much as you can and start posting personal but um and humanizing and likable content that needs to be tailored for your platforms. But I mean, there, there's a million and one guides you can look at, but I mean, you can even just look at um, major people in your industry and what they're posting. So if I, I, you know me, I like to use cupcakes as an analogy. If I was a cupcake company opening up in Heron, I would look at some of the wonderful bakeries we have around here. Look at their social media. Look at what they're posting. Um, look at the owner's social media. Look at what they're posting. You know, if they're posting uh, branded industry content, then I should probably be posting branded industry content. If, I, if, if I'm looking to um, work as IT for, for a uh, medical company, well, I need to be looking at what other people in IT working at medical companies are posting uh, because that's going to give me a better framework of what has been tried and tested. And of course, tailor that um, and you know, highlight what you authentically are because if you're faking it, people will be able to tell like that. Um, so do post about what you care about. Uh, but make sure that those the, that that you kind of curate that collection because I mean you aren't interested in just one thing. I mean I enjoy gaming, but I'm not going to post about that because I don't think that that's particularly helpful. I I enjoy cooking and I enjoy um, raising plants, so I post about that because I think that it is uh, beneficial for my image and it is part of the the brand that I'm trying to cultivate. Now let's talk about the 20%. That is professional content. What am I talking about with professional content? I'm talking about um, industry articles. I, I tr work to, to post that pretty frequently. Um, now, what do I mean by industry articles? Yes, you need to have some postings of your industry. So if you're a marketer, you know, some articles in marketing, um, because that highlights that you are a, a competent marketer who has a good eye or, and um, good following and kind of keeps up to date of the, the world of marketing. But if you are um, in a certain, if you're doing marketing for a certain industry, uh, like 
cupcake marketing, well, then you should be posting cupcake content. I, um, one of my coaches, he, he gave me a line that I think is like really spot on. Uh, you aren't, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, you aren't someone don't, don't treat it. Don't treat your social media and the way you approach your clients as, um, you're a marketer who just happens to be doing some work in this industry. Think, approach it like you're in this industry and just happen to be doing marketing. Cater to your clients because your clients want to know that you are someone who's knowledgeable about their field. Yeah, they want a good marketer, but you know, a cupcake company is going to want a good um, bake. I, I, I don't know if there's a specific niche for it, but a cupcake market, someone who's done work with, with bakeries before. Um, so, you know, or a, a fast food chain is going to want to not just a, a good marketer, but a good fast food marketer. So if I was uh, McDonald's, I would be more, you know, you might, I might be looking at two marketers as, as options and see one really good marketer and one, um, you know, maybe a little bit less qualified um, or seems like they've been in the, the industry for a little bit less time, the, the role of marketing for a little bit less time. But a lot of their clients are, you know, Popeye's, um, Burger King, Wendy's. They're going to be more inclined because to work with the latter because that person is going to, is demonstrating that they have understanding and knowledge of the industry um, that their, that their clients are in. So it'll, it'll give them a greater context and be able to, uh, cater messages more specifically. And more than anything, uh, business owners want to work with people both as clients and as employees who get it, who understand where they're coming from. And that best place to showcase that I mean, obviously is in person, but the, the second best and the most scalable way is on social media. So that's where your 20% comes in. Professional, branded, industry slash niche specific content. Um, the, the kind of next step of getting yourself out there that I, I mean, I talk about this all the time. I'm kind of biased towards it admittedly because I'm a web designer, but is a website. Now, do you need an incredible website? Probably not. You, you know, I've seen like amazing web websites and uh, things that took hundreds of hours to, to produce um, these complicated, amazing things. But you need to make sure first and foremost that it's fulfilling a purpose. You know, I can, I can write... 500 articles a day and have the most amazing website. But if there's not a purpose for it, if there's not a very specific purpose that's getting results, then I'm just wasting my time. If I'm writing those articles and then using that, posting those to social media and leveraging that as branded content, well, then that's one thing. If I'm using that website, if I'm using a website explicitly, for things like landing pages and focusing all my and focusing a lot of those resources on um, streamlining and decreasing loading time 
and making the landing page more compelling or squeeze page more compelling, well, then that's one thing. That is a good use of your website. That's a good reuse of your resources. If you're a web designer or if you have people, if you want to create like a, a sort of community on your website, a community that is profitable and beneficial for you, I should clarify. And that's one thing. But if you're not looking to do that, if you're just looking to have like a portfolio or a hub or the thing that shows up high on the search bar where people look you up so they can see your portfolio and your, your work and your content, then that needs to be the focus. You need to frame your website as not this amazing thing that needs to be 100% perfect, but something that clearly and consistently showcases the quality of your work and the consistency of your work, your the history of your work. And yeah, so I think if you have a portfolio, yes, you're going to have it on, you know, your various um, hiring sites and I think so, some degree on LinkedIn, but website is a good repository for, for a lot of your content. Now, I just mentioned LinkedIn, and so I'm going to touch on that. LinkedIn is, I, I'll admit, I definitely uh, missed that. It, it seems like it just kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, but I do recognize, like, LinkedIn is becoming a major social media platform now. A, and that's, that's not an 80-20 social media platform. That, that's probably uh, 1090 in terms of prof uh, personal professional. I mean, it, the purpose of it is to create this professional cultivated profile. That's where you're going to be posting a lot of your, your industry specific things and your industry specific content. Um, but remember what's the purpose of it? The purpose of it is to expand your network, to make those connections it may feel weird like, oh, I don't really know this person. Am I really going to connect with them on LinkedIn? I mean, A, the best thing to do is if you just met the person or you just started your, interact, your in, engagement with them, then you connect with them on LinkedIn because it'll make sense. But even if not, a lot of times it's a numbers game. You send out the connection requests, you, you message the people, and you do what you can to, to expand your network as much as you can. So now an employer looks you up and they're not on LinkedIn and they're not like, oh, well, this person, I mean, they have like five connections. I don't really know much versus looking someone up on LinkedIn and being like, oh, hey, we have this mutual person in common, this mutual person in common. We have all these mutual connections in common. And that's true for a lot of social media, but especially LinkedIn. It, those um, what was it, like shared friends, shared connections, wh whatever the specific platform calls it, that is extremely important for building that trust and that credibility online. Even if you can't do postings or you're not like not really sure, well, A, if you're not sure what to post, just Google it. Google uh, what to post on LinkedIn. But even, even if you're, you know, not really know, you're still not certain of what to do with that or you don't really feel comfortable posting on LinkedIn, comment. Commenting is a great way to engage with people. They'll appreciate it because they, everyone wants engagement on the posts, you know. Um, 
and it'll help kind of solidify, establish those connections, right? That's the biggest thing, connections. And building that consistent, uh, broad profile. Broad as in a lot of connections, a lot of ways that people can kind of uh, find a path to you. Shared friends above all, comments as well. But if you, you've got all this set up, um, but you might be asking, okay, well, once again, like where do I find jobs? Job fairs aren't really a thing right now, um, at least physical. Well, I mean, there are, and there are virtual job fairs, but it's hard to compete with like that physical interaction. There's a lot of platforms where you can prospect both for employers and clients. Um, the ones that I personally would recommend are Upwork, Indeed, and Fiverr. Uh, the, you, you might be able to find one that's like more custom tailored to your industry, but generally if, if you go for a smaller prospecting platform, you're going to have a lot fewer options and it, but more than anything, make sure that you're on the platform that your clients are on, that your your employee your your prospective employers are on. So, if you're looking, if, if you're um, a pre med student looking to get into research, and um, all of the research labs use a different platform for for um, applications, well, then obviously go through that. But I've done a lot of work with Upwork, indeed. Um, Fiverr's a little different. Fiverr's if you if you more specifically want to get into that kind of freelancer life. Um, indeed's just a good general for posting and accepting. A lot of people use it, so you're you're guaranteed to find some at least potential leads. Um, Upwork, I, I personally prefer the interface a little bit more over Indeed, but it, it, it does largely serve the same benefits um, of people post stuff, they, they give information, you can search by it, you can filter it down, and you can find uh, specific people you'd like to work with and, and prospect. So as I mentioned, um, virtual virtual community, virtual, virtual community events or, or general, um, webinars and, and all those, the, are they like a perfect substitute? No, they, you'll never be able to get the, the same level of one-on-one interaction unless you have like, I mean, until the day that we get like VR rooms as a, as the standard, that's not going to be a thing. At some point, uh, physical events and activities, I'm, I'm sure, will resume. Until then, stay safe, stay safe guys. Um, but when they do, go to community events. You know, it, sometimes, like I remember, I, I mean, I, I grew up in a, a fairly small town in Southern Illinois. And a lot of times as a kid, I'd hear a lot of my, my, my friends and peers saying, 
oh, I, you know, as soon as I turn 18, I just want to get the, the heck out of here. It's so boring. There's nothing to do. And I was like, what are you talking about? There, there's always stuff to do. There's always things you can find. There's always events. Um, but I think what they were looking for was like things that were just kind of like passively in their face all the time that they, that they could just like kind of walk out in the street and, and join in. Um, which in a smaller community or smaller town isn't necessarily a thing, but I mean, right now it's not a thing anywhere, you know? So you will be able to find events, but especially in smaller towns, um, and as I, I need to make sure I'm, I qualify this once it's safe to do so, um, you can search things like the the city website. They usually have like community calendar events. Um, a lot of times the, the public radio or TV station will have uh, some sort of community calendar. I know um, WSIU has a community calendar, which I did some work with while I was there. Uh, excellent way to get your, your events out there. Excellent way to find events um, is with a local, you know, a radio station's community calendar or, you know, uh, I mean, if, if the city has it, that's great. Almost always, uh, if you have a, a town or a city newspaper, they're going to have community events. Um, I know in, in Carbondale, the, the newspaper has like Southern Illinois events. So it, it's even easier to find stuff. Um, but even Heron, where I'm living now, has events uh, in their, I think it's called Heron Independent, which I, I, I do read periodically. And those are just easy ways to find out what's going on. And you can find stuff. Um, it's not just things in your industry or in your client's industry. So if I was in um, cupcake marketing, I don't just have to go to marketing events. I don't just have to go to uh, bakery events as much as I would love to or bake offs. Um, but think about events where people that you want in your, that you want to know and want to know, you want to know you are going to be at. So um, a lot of like just general community events, city events or fundraisers, there's going to be some good and important connections there, especially in the area. Um, the volunteer nonprofit world is a great way to get, to reach so many people, not only through the, the very important work they do, but also through the people you meet there and the people you interact with. Cause you can get people from all over the place, um, volunteering their time, their money, their resources to the, these charitable or these nonprofit events. Um, so once the, those are safe to go to, I'd say absolutely do that. In the meantime, do those virtual events. That's all I, I have to cover today. I hope that helped you kind of understand and get a good framework for how you want to be reaching your clients and employers safely, efficiently, effectively, reliably, scalably, any other <laughs> L-Y word you want. Um, if you have any questions or comments, concerns, 
thoughts, musings, whatever it is, you can send that to bbdigitallab.com slash podcast. There, there's a little form. You fill it out. You put whatever you have to say, and I will get back to you. I will try, if I can, to address it in the podcast. Um, you can see uh, the full list of our videos on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash bbdigitallab. Um, or listen to uh, the audio version of the podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'd like to thank you all so much for watching and or listening, and I hope you have a wonderful week. I'll see you next week.